service. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Disgraceland is brought to you by Disgraceland All Access. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening, an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. Hey, discos. Need a little more Disgraceland in your life? Just a touch to get you through? Yeah, me too. This is the podcast that comes after the podcast. Welcome to Disgraceland, the after party. Welcome to the Disgraceland bonus episode, a little thing we like to call the after party. This is the show after the show, the party after the party, the bridge to get you from one full episode of Disgraceland to the other, the backyard to dig into the dirt. On this episode, we are talking about Lil' Kim, a literal Red Sox heartbreaker from a caller, Fiddler, and of course, your voicemails, texts, DMs, and more, and as always, a whole lot of Rosie. All right, Discos, let's get into it. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to the Disgraceland bonus episode where we are hoping to not perjure ourselves and get sent to the big house like this week's subject of Disgraceland, Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim, on record, might be the baddest female artist of them all, as we outlined in this week's full episode of Lil' Kim in uh, Disgraceland. And off record, Lil' Kim was also bad, bad, bad. Lying is bad. Lying is not good in any aspect of your life, and it will not get you very far in criminal court, okay? And shootouts. Shootouts are also, you got it, bad. Shootouts in broad daylight, especially bad. In the middle of a major city like downtown Manhattan, also the makings of bad, bad individuals. The crime, okay, the crime here at the at the heart of the Lil' Kim story, it's again detailed in the full episode. I'm not going to go through the whole thing again. But what I want to drill down into here in this bonus episode, uh, the part of the story that I thought was interesting that I didn't get to spend a lot of time on sometime, but not a lot of time on in the full episode is the punishment for the crime that Lil' Kim committed. Um, And look, it's a simple story. Lil' Kim and her crew, they were involved in a shootout. Lil' Kim lied on the stand to protect her crew. And Lil' Kim was proven to be a liar. She perjured herself. She was sentenced to real time, a year and a day. And she did almost all that time. She got out on good behavior, a couple months shaved off her sentence or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, The judge who, (laughs) this is ridiculous. The judge who sentenced Lil' Kim uh, was inspired by Martha Stewart's sentencing for her crime of insider trading. Um, But Martha Stewart got to do her time in a minimum security prison. Lil' Kim was sent to Philadelphia Federal Detention Center. Now, 
You can argue whether or not that's fair or not or what the reasons behind it were, the type of crime that Lil' Kim perjured herself over versus the type of crime that Martha Stewart was involved with. But lying is lying. And uh, the punishments here were different, okay? Um, Lil' Kim, like Martha Stewart, though, thrived after her release from prison. Lil' Kim dropped her fourth album, The Naked Truth, from behind bars. It was something like her first week in jail or something, in prison, excuse me, um, that that record came out. And it was a smash. And for a moment there, upon Lil' Kim's release and throughout the mid-aughts, her career thrived. Like, it, 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 was, it was a whole other thing. It was a whole new act. It was huge. It was massive. I mean, record sales... Uh, big albums, the whole the whole thing, shows, everything. Um, so, you know, the question is, this is what I want to get into. There's the issue of the punishment. Was the punishment fair, right? Uh, the judge was said to have been inspired by Martha Stewart's sentencing, and that's what influenced the sentencing of Lil' Kim. Yet the types of prisons they were sentenced to were two totally different things. Okay, so number one, was the, was the punishment fair? And number two, did going to prison help Kim's career? Did it help her career thrive? It's my opinion that prison definitely helped Tupac's career after after he got out of jail. Uh, California Love, banger, banger single. And his death row profile post-prison, he was huge, huge. And again, California Love might be his best song. Lil Wayne, Weapons and Drug Charges, it resulted in an 8 to 12-month sentence. Uh, we detailed the Lil Wayne stuff back in season 7 of Disgraceland. Post-prison, Lil Wayne, huge. Okay, huge. Even now, he's nothing if not culturally relevant. He's massive. Steve Earle. Steve Earle, I don't know if a lot of you know Steve Earle. He's this, uh, you know, hardcore troubadour, Americana country guy, great songwriter, uh, you know, was, was supposed to be the heir to Bob Dylan, started hanging around with Guns N' Roses in the 80s, got hooked on a lot of drugs, did time for narcotics beef, and wrote an incredible record, Train of Coming, uh, from behind bars. And, you know, when he did that, he got out of jail. That record came out and he got a Grammy nomination for the album after his release from prison. Merle Haggard, another country guy, much earlier than Steve Earle, obviously. His entire career came post-prison time in San Quentin. Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney, he did time. It was only 10 days and it was in 1980, but it was in a real prison in Japan. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Paul McCartney has had quite the career over the past 40 years. So what about the musicians who are currently behind bars? YNW Melly, or what about TK47, or Big Lurch, two artists that we covered back in season one of Disgraceland, or, or R. Kelly, who's in jail right now, who we haven't covered, who I'm waiting to cover, who I'm try still trying to figure out how to cover, or, or Suge Knight. I know Suge Knight is not a musician, but he's definitely music industry. Uh, he's been featured heavily on this show in, in multiple episodes on Tupac and the Notorious B.I.G. When these guys get out, more specifically, these artists, are they going to have careers if they get out? You know, are they going to have bigger careers? 617-906-6638. Let me know your answer and let me know which musician has had the best post-prison career in your eyes. Lil' Kim, Merle Haggard, Lil Wayne, Paul McCartney. And assuming they're ever released, can we expect any careers at all from R. Kelly, TK, or Big Lurch? I think I know the answer to that one, but I'm going to ask anyways. 617-906-6638. Leave your answer via voicemail or text. Or you can hit me at Pod on Instagram, TikTok, um, Facebook, wherever, Twitter. I'll be back in the flash. 
All right, we are back, and you know the drill, as I said there at the end of that block, 617-906-6638 to send a text or leave a voicemail like Amber here from North Carolina in the 252. Hey, Jake, it's Amber from North Carolina in the 252. Uh, i got to say my top five are Lupe Fiasco, Brother Ali, Biggie, Atmosphere, and I don't know, I guess I'll throw in Twista or Common. Or, yeah, one of those two. All right. Thanks for the great work. I've been a long time listener. Keep up. All right. Thanks for the voicemail, Amber. Amber was kind enough to send us, uh, to send in her top five MCs. Uh, this is a question that surfaced in one of our bonus episodes from a couple days back. Solid list, but Amber, I don't know that uh, I have any of your top fives on my list. Mine are decidedly more old school and will likely generate much side eye from you youngins. Uh, number one, I go Ice Cube. Number two, Jay-Z. Three, Slick Rick. Four, Chuck D. Five, can I say all three Beastie Boys for number five? Can I? I can. I'm making up the rules, so that's what I'm going to do. Ad-Rock, Mike D, MCA uh, combined for number five. That's my top five MC list. Um, got a lot of incoming on this. I feel like this deserves its own sort of episode or something. There's, like I said, uh, in, in our mini episode, the 50th anniversary of hip-hop is coming up. Um, I want to explore this question more top five MCs of all time. We've got 50 years to choose from. Is Eminem on this list? Um, who else? Who, am I, who are we forgetting? Who are we not talking about? Nas. Um, God, there's so many. Lil Wayne. There's, there's so many here that we should probably litigate to some degree. I'm not exactly sure in what um, forum, but um, I want to dig in a little deeper. 617-906-6638. Uh, we'll get into more of your top five MCs. Keep the recommendations on that one coming. Your suggestions, let me know. All right. I've been talking a lot about sports lately, uh, mainly baseball and a little basketball <laughs> sort of uh, with some levity. But uh, mainly baseball because I'm once again obsessed with the sport. And despite... Uh, the Red Sox and how they've been playing this year, though they have been good over the last weekend. Uh, they just swept the Yankees, and I was there for one of the games. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm all in on on the Red Sox. I'm all in on the College World Series for the first time in my life. Um, I'm all in on the Miami Marlins as a National League team. Uh, a lot of this has to do with my kids. I talked about this before, but uh, we got this message here. <laughs> This might be a Hall of Fame uh, Disgraceland voicemail here from Mark in the 401. Let's listen to it. Jake, this is Mark in Providence. I'm going to speak nice and slow. I'm not going to overmodulate. The Boston Red Sox, the last home game I saw was October 1st, 2004, Sunday night. The Red Slobs were down 0-3. I had ticket. I had box seats near my girlfriend. We were freezing our fucking asses off in the fourth running. Inning. I said, Pat, let's get the hell out of here. We jump, we get, we get on the T, drive out to the, uh, the T, uh, get out in the T station with, uh, 13 stops, get in the car, go home. Red Sox famously stole a base. David Ortiz hit a home run. They won the World Series. I left. I'm the joke of the town. Can't believe it. First game, and then the following year, 2005, they get their rings. Guy across the street says, I'm pumped. I'm going to watch this game. I took the day off. I was working in a bank. They owed me a day off. Within one hour of the game starting, 
the ambulances pull up to his house. He dies of a fucking heart attack. He was so excited. He owned the old time tap in Providence, Rhode Island. True story. None of it's nothing. None of it's false. If you want, Google it. Uh, that was the uh, first opening day of nineteen of two thousand five. But I was there two thousand four, and I missed the whole motherfucking thing. Okay, trying not to overmodulate. That was a terrible phone call I made. Thanks. Rock and roller. Wild story, Mark. Um, dude, I don't, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Except to channel my inner De Niro and uh, from Copland and just say, you blew it. You blew it. Should have stayed at that game, dude. Although I don't blame you for leaving. I probably would have done the same thing. Seriously. That's that's like just in my nature to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Uh, that's an all that's an all timer. That story belongs in like a fucking Matt Damon movie or something. Uh, it, sorry to hear about your friend's heart attack as well. That is brutal. Um, you know, and Mark, you know, you're free to overmodulate with me anytime you want, brother. All right. Um, also, Mark, you worked in a bank and you're from Providence, so I'm not convinced that you're not a character from the Friends of Eddie Coyle. So by all means, uh, stay in touch and stay out of prison. Okay. Uh, Sox might be clawing back this year. Like I said earlier, I was at, as I, one of the games over the weekend was supposed to go, uh, uh, Saturday night with my two sons and my stepdad, little father's day plan it poured out uh they rescheduled for sunday and we get there we sit down yankees go up uh 2-0 first inning it's like oh boy this is gonna be brutal uh then the Sox came back and they won and it was actually a really great game it wasn't a blowout it was close for a while and then the Sox went ahead comfortably it was an awesome time only thing that was that was weird and different is like i can i've been to a lot of red sox yankees games at fenway and i have never ever seen this many Yankees fans at a Red Sox game in my life. It wasn't 50-50, but it felt like it at times. It felt close. It was brutal. And just like Yankees fans, like brazen. I remember a time when that was not allowed at all. Not even close. I suppose it's better that it is now, but still, it uh, it was a little like, what the fuck? Anyways, Yankees lost. Yankees got swept. All right. So so there you have it. Also, I just gotta say to Red Sox fans, the Yankees suck chant, right? Like it's it doesn't work when the Yankees are four games up in the standings. We sound like assholes, okay? It's an asshole chant if you're behind the other team. Unless you're in like a division series or something and it's a one game playoff or something like that, and you know, somebody fucks up on the other team or something. I get that. But when you're down when you're down four games in the fucking standings, like, come on, we're better than that, Boston. All right, enough sports. Let's do uh, this voicemail from the 801. Hey, dude, yeah, man, I love your show. I love the lyrical way you put your words together. I mean, it's not just the fantastic stories, but it's like poetry listening to you. And um, I really like your thing on Robert Johnson, and there's a lot of stuff for years I haven't heard yet, so, hey. But um, I was listening to your after party with uh, Justin Bieber, and you were talking about bad dads. And uh, you might check out Rick James. He was like a kind of a pop star in the 70s. I think it was like soul, pop, punk. His dad killed him, from what I understand. And also, if you could do a show about rock stars who themselves are bad dads, like John Lennon. He used to brag about how he loved hitting women. And uh, John Lennon also left his first wife and child with no child support. So anyway, some ideas, and thanks for the great show. And uh, that's it. Goodbye. Adios. <laughs> Adios from Sacramento. Bye. 
All right, thank you, 801, for the kind words about Robert Johnson and for your listenership. Uh, A couple things. I believe you're a new listener, so I'm going to just give you a couple things here. I believe you're confusing Rick James with Marvin Gaye, but, uh, but, 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 801, I have, uh, uh, have no fear, 801, we have episodes on both artists, including Marvin Gaye's murder at the hands of his father, uh, just in time for Father's Day, and uh, also on Father's Day. I hear you on John Lennon. However, I think that the story is a little more nuanced. Uh, for what I mean on that, check out the three John Lennon episodes that we've done, specifically uh, the two-parter that's uh, further back in the archive, and we get into his relationship with uh, with Sean, not so much Julian. But um, yeah, John Lennon, not a perfect guy, made some mistakes, atoned for a lot of them. Um, Definitely uh, not a black and white situation. So check that out, 801, and uh, let me know what you think. All right, get back to me. Leave another voicemail. Um, Okay, good voicemails. I'm trying to keep these episodes tight, Uh, trying to keep them to about 25, 30 minutes so, you know, we've got, I don't know if you guys know, we've got these other, uh, we've got this other uh, bonus episode that was mini episode we're doing, excuse me, on Mondays where we're teeing up the week. I'm answering the emails over there now. We've got the rap party where I'm also answering voicemails and texts. Going to hope to be doing more of that on social media as well and really round out this engagement with you guys as best as I possibly can. Um, let's, though, for the time being right here, move on from the voicemails and get into some texts. All right, last, uh, let's see, in the pre-party episode, uh, we talk about odd music collaborations uh, in in our mini episode on Monday with, uh, because of the Lil' Kim, Tommy Lee thing (laughs) that went down. So I asked you guys for some of your uh, stranger music collaborations. Got this one from the 314. Okay, for odd music collaborations, I don't know if you can get any weirder than Bing Crosby and David Bowie doing Little Drummer Boy. Yes, that is weird. Super weird, but it works somehow. A lot, of, a lot of you guys will know that one. I got a weird one coming up for you later in this in this episode. And when I read that text, the reason I picked that text to read, I, I read all the texts in real time. I don't sort of like pre-vet them or anything. When I read it here, when I glanced at it, uh, I read Bing Crosby as David Crosby. And my brain went, oh, my God, David Crosby and David Bowie. <laughs> Collaborated together. That's fucked up. But, of course, it was the Bing Crosby one. All right, let's move on. In reference to our summer soundtrack question from a couple weeks back, uh, from the 281, we've got a text here. Summer of Love. Oh, we're asking about best summer jams uh, in light of Summertime by Will Smith. So uh, 281 writes in, uh, Hi, Jake. Summer of Love by the B-52s. I don't know that song. Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. I know that song. I bought that on 45 when I was a little boy. (laughs) How cheesy was I? Boys of Summer by Don Henley. Yep, great one. Summer Nights by Greece, or in Greece, I should say. Uh, And Last Summer by The Motels. I don't know that one. And uh, bonus track, Hot Child in the City. All right, that's a solid list there. Solid list, some classic rock ones there. What else we got here? From the 864, Jake, father of all podcasts. Happy Father's Day from your number one fan, Elaine. Laney from the 864. Thank you, Laney. I appreciate that. Um, Let's see what else we got here. Got another text here from the 410. Is that right? It says, uh, thanks for the Foo Fighter interview. Got my T-shirt been online three hours. Grabbed two Madonna tickets for Boston, 831.23. That's awesome. Have fun at Madonna. I'm a little bummed. I bought Madonna tickets when she was supposed to come about two years ago. And maybe it might have been more three years ago. She canceled. And uh, 
it really pissed me off for some reason. I was really excited to go. So when she uh, when she announced these shows, I was like, oh, fuck that. Fuck Madonna. But that's just silly. I don't know. I should probably go see Madonna. I don't think she's going to be around touring much longer. Uh, no, I don't mean that to sound like th there's anything ominous happening, but, you know, how long can people tour for? That's all I'm saying. All right. All right. Got a text here from the 508. Hey, Jake, this is Tracy from the 508. And it's not my aunt Tracy because uh, she spells her name differently. Uh, she says, I'm admittedly playing catch up on episodes and I'm about to listen to the Bieber episode. Not my music, but I'm so glad that you did it. I feel like his story is exactly the type of story that the podcast is about. No matter what his style of music is, I'm interested to hear your take on it. I've often wondered how I would have handled that much money and freedom at that age. I'm pretty sure I'd have engaged in some bad behavior too. So I've always given him a little slack. Love the pod. Thanks for doing what you do, Tracy. Uh, thanks, Tracy. And yeah, you know, it's uh, the, from the beginning, this podcast has not been about a particular style of music. I definitely follow my interests and I am more inclined uh, to the classic rock, punk rock, hip hop universe than I am the pop universe. But still, to me, it's all it's all about the humanity. It's all about the human stories. So I'll go in any direction I can. And I'm happy to hear that you are here for it. Thank you, Tracy. All right, we'll do one more text here from the 928. Greetings, Jake. Love all the Double Elvis offerings. Just listened to the After Party episode with Chris Shiflett, and I automatically thought of a couple guitar players he should try to get, Tim Henson and Scotty LePage, both of Polyphia. If you've not heard of these guys, you should. Thank you for your hard work and keep the episodes coming, please. You got it, 928. I've never heard of Tim Henson and Scotty LePage, but I will pass this message along. Uh, to the folks at Double Elvis, to the producers, and to Chris. And, of course, this is a reference to the Chris Schiffler from the Foo Fighters podcast that we produce for Double Elvis called Shred with Shifty. This is, uh, if you guys don't know about this, you probably do because I interviewed Chris in the last after party. But if you don't, um, it is a podcast Chris has with a video component where Chris sits down with some amazing guitar players and they go through their legendary riffs as sort of a tutorial of sorts. Um, and this was some pretty big heavy hitters that uh, you're going to want to you're going to want to learn your riffs from. So search Shred with Shifty wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, you guys know 617-906-6638. That is the way to contact me. Leave me a voicemail, send me a text, but you can also get in touch uh, via Instagram, Facebook, and even sometimes Twitter. I will respond. Uh, but mainly Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And let's do a couple DM responses here. Let me pull up the old Instagram machine, make sure I got the right stuff. Here we go. So this one from, uh, who is this from? Ashley Lauren writes, first of all, it's a picture of the Bon Scott statue, which is a pretty great statue. It says, Bon Scott statue in Fremantle, where he grew up. My friend's dad told me the other day he was a professional footballer in Frio in the 70s, and Bon Scott always stole the girls he picked up. He couldn't compete, but he couldn't hate him because he was too good of a guy. That's a pretty cool message. Thank you, Ashley Lauren. What else we got? I apologize if I screw up the pronunciation of your name here, but I got Jeanette Vecchiarelli. I think that's right. Uh, I think that's right. Uh, it says, very simply put, I love your podcast so much. I come home from hikes and I constantly quote, did you know, to my husband. Love that. Thanks, Jeanette. That makes me happy. All right. This one is from the Carpet Beatniks on Instagram. Hey, Jake, I'd love it if Shifty could interview David Rawlings. How he shreds on an acoustic is wild, but I'd also be curious how he plays with Gillian Welch's voice or Gillian Welch. I never know which one it is. Also, what are the numbers you give on your callers and emailers? The numbers? 
the numbers you give on your callers and emailers. Well, there's 617-906-6638. That's how you call in. As for uh, David Rawlings, that's an incredible suggestion for Shred with Shifty. I saw David Rawlings and Jillian slash Gillian Welch uh, back in, I don't know, maybe it was like 04, 05 in Boston. And my goodness, were they good. And he was especially good. The guy is a monster guitar player. All right, at Disgraceland Pod. That's how you get in touch with me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. 617-906-6638. Leave a voicemail and a text. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be back in a second with some recommendations. Okay, listen, if you're one of the few people out there who's new to podcasts, new to Disgraceland, new to true crime, if you have not already listened to the wildly popular and hysterically funny and informative podcast, My Favorite Murder, hosted by my friends Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark on the Exactly Right Network, then what are you waiting for? You got to check out My Favorite Murder in each episode. They're going to tell you stories about infamous serial killers, cold cases, incredible survivor stories. And listen, these guys are wildly popular for a reason. They have an incredible chemistry. They're hysterical. They're smart as all get up. And you're instantly going to feel like they're long lost friends. They've got great new episodes on the subjects I've already mentioned, but they've got this whole treasure trove of back episodes, including well-known stories from true crime and music history, like the deaths of Sid Vicious and Nancy Spungen, the murder of pop singer Selena, and now the infamous story of the cocaine bear. I've known Karen and Georgia since the beginning of my sort of foray into podcasting. They've been heroes of mine. I was on their podcast in March of 2022 to share my hometown story about a prison break party that I attended in high school. Uh, and they told me it was one of their most popular episodes. So you can check that out as well. Listen to My Favorite Murder wherever you listen to podcasts. Brand new episodes drop every Thursday. Hey, Discos, it's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me, and it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. Plus, you'll get one brand new exclusive episode every month. You'll also get weekly unscripted bonus content, special audio collections, and early access to merch and events. There are two ways that you can support the show and become a member at disgracelandpod.com slash membership. You can sign up using Patreon and listen to the show ad-free on Apple, Spotify, and most other major podcast platforms. And Patreon members also get access to all the other perks of membership in an always-on chat where I'll be interacting with you and diving deeper into the world of Disgraceland. But maybe you're currently an Apple Podcast subscription listener and you want to just tap into all the bonus audio content and ad-free listening that we're offering. We're also offering this membership as a premium channel on Apple Podcasts. However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland All Access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership.
All right, the recommendations part. This is the recommendations part, the part where we recommend the things that need recommending the recommendations part. Guys, all right, what I'm watching, yes, the movie recommendations part is now in the Badlands bonus rap party episode. However, it is here in the after party where we still dig into music-related video content, including documentaries and biopics. And on that, I was, uh, you know, I was home alone over the weekend whilst with my kids, but my wife was away. So, you know, my wife's not watching TV with me. I'm kind of just like cruising. I'm just, I'm just surfing. I'm just watching 10 minutes of this, 20 minutes of that, half an hour of that, hour of that, staying up way too late. Caught a little bit of Coal Miner's Daughter over the weekend that was just on. I can't remember what network it was on. For those of you who don't know this movie, I feel like there are so many music biopics that get mentioned, and this one seldomly is mentioned as one of the best, and I think it might be the best music biopic out there. It's I didn't watch the whole thing again, so I don't know. I can't confidently say that, but it's the story of Loretta Lynn. Sissy Spacek plays Loretta Lynn. Uh, Levon Helm from the band plays her dad. It's just what I love about this movie is that it is a hardcore reality check against the other biopics out there. Without giving anything away, it's raw, it's real, there's a grit to it. Uh, I believe it's early 80s, it feels 70s though. Um, and it's just, it's it's not yet the sort of Hollywood music biopic industry machine had not yet created this mold for these types of movies. So this one kind of exists, existed on its own for a while uh, and, can and could afford to be grittier and raw and more raw and real. And it, it's just tremendous. And it's, it's a great it, Loretta Lynn story in and of itself is, is fantastic. And they do a great job putting it on the screen. So I highly recommend Coal Miner's Daughter if you haven't seen it. Highly recommend watching it again if you have seen it. Um, just, you know, caught my eye over the weekend, figured it worth mentioning. What I'm listening to, I don't know why, maybe because the weather's getting warmer, maybe because I've been working out more and I need this for the workouts, but I've been listening to a ton of Husker Du. Uh, just all of it, really, the entire catalog, even the sad stuff, and something about it I find to be incredibly motivating. And But still, there are so many great Husker Du records. Zen Arcade is one of not just my favorite Husker Du albums, but one of my favorite double albums of all time. People will argue that there's filler on it, but I think even the so-called filler is fantastic on this album. The Grant Hart songs on this record are fucking great. Turn on the news. Oh, my God. Um, but also, Flip Your Wig, New Day Rising, just it's this constant it's banger after banger after banger and the production is so fucking shitty and 80s and crappy 80s punk i love it i love it so much um and i've rediscovered it and if if there are people out there who are who are into this type of music but have not gotten into Husker Du for whatever reason because because they weren't Black Flag because because they weren't the Sex Pistols they weren't the Pixies who fucking cares they are their own thing and just they are tremendous so you know if you got questions on where to start with Husker Du hit me up ask me I will point you in the right direction shit if I get enough incoming on this I'll even make my own mix my entry level uh, correspondence course Husker Du mix for you folks out there 617-906-6638 at Disgraceland Pod I've also been listening to a ton of Fiddler so much so that I I had about a week ago I had to forcibly stop myself from listening to this band because their songs were so 
ingrained into my my like wormholing into my brain. It's all I could think about were these <laughs> these fucking silly songs about all about the same thing, getting completely fucked up. Um, in, in the most juvenile sort of early twenties, uh, you know, post teenage kind of way, this band, they're, they're not a new band by any means. They've been around for a while. Um, but, and I've known about them for a while and I've, and I've listened to them here and there for a while, but recently I've just really dug into this, this band. Um, I saw a live clip on, on Instagram, something popped up in my stories and it, it really took me, captured me. So I just, you know, went into the wormhole and I, I've yet to come out. I, I can't, they have this, uh, they have this Spotify, you know, Spotify does this sort of like, this is the band, you know, it's like, you know, or whatever, 30 songs on that band that they're supposed to be a comprehensive look at the group. There's not, there's not one bad fucking song on the Spotify, this is Fiddler playlist. I mean it. There's not one bad song. There's not one skip on it. It's that good. But warning. If you're looking for variety, this ain't your band. They do the ACDC thing. It's like, or the Ramones thing. It's like, uh, you know, we do one thing and we do it really fucking well. And that thing, with regards to Fiddler, is, you know, fast, uh, in your face, raw, Southern California slash modern punk. And every single song is about getting fucked up and your life falling apart. So if you're into that kind of thing, I highly recommend it. Fiddler. All right. Uh, my vintage video watching over the weekend. Now, this is a direct uh, correlation to an, another topic we have going on here about the weirdest collaborations. And I don't know if the fine folks at Meta and Instagram have figured out a way to make the Instagram machine's algorithm just sort of like jump out of the phone, through the air, into my ears, uh, wrap itself around my brain, pull my interest out back through my ears and into the phone. And maybe they're listening. Of course, they're listening. I, I don't know what it was, but as we're sort of having this talk about weird collaborations, um, this video pops up with Neil Young and Devo playing together. One of those things where, how the fuck did I not know about this? I, I this is why I love the internet more than this is. This is the main reason I love the internet. There are these things that have happened in music history. I've read so much music history. It's shocking to me that when I come across things like this that are right in my wheelhouse that I did not know existed. I did not know Neil Young and Devo played together. It, it's and it's incredible. <laughs> As it, as you would expect, it's great. So if you know about this already, congratulations and forgive me for boring you. But if you do not know about this, uh, you have to search this out. I'm going to try to figure out a way to post this on my Instagram. Highly recommend the Neil Young Devo collaboration. Uh, tremendous stuff. Uh, again, I'm down for this weird collaboration topic. You want to keep it going. 617-906-6638 for that and any other kind of music or music video or music related content uh, recommendations you guys have 617-906-6638 hit me up there or at Disgraceland Pod on the socials and I'll be back in a flash
All right, let's recap, shall we? Number one, Lil' Kim is the latest episode of Disgraceland in your feeds right now. That's the Disgraceland feed. Number two, over in the Badlands feed this week, we've got an episode on Mel Gibson. Number three, next week in the Disgraceland feed, Aerosmith. Number four, my number, 617-906-6638. Call me on the telephone or text me. Leave me a voicemail. Hit me at Disgraceland Pod. All right, in honor of Lil' Kim, me, reading you the phone book from the early aughts in Manhattan. Salinger, Saul, 181 Franklin, WA 5-5800. Salentro, N, 237F116, LE High, 4-9790. Salino, John, 101 East Broadway, Worth, 2 dash 5949 Selinsky Beatrice 105 Avenue B Gramercy 5-8289 Salas AA 10 West 66 TR 4-1334 Salas Mercia 260 West End Ave TR 7-1469 Salison Raymond JU 6 1697 Salisbury and 125 St. Mark's Place O 47703 Salika Quit talking and start mixing Cut it.